This is Radio Energy News. With the latest roundup from Edinburgh Napier News, I'm Stephanie Allison. This afternoon's headlines, the day after bonfire night, which saw Edinburgh's Arthur's seat in flames, we ask, should bonfire night become a thing of the past? Independence refusal, the Scottish Secretary has said he will rule out all possibility of an independence referendum unless Westminster approves. With support for independence growing, we discuss what this means for Scotland's future. And in the States, the race for the White House continues, with votes still being counted, despite Donald Trump alleging corruption within the voting system. Remember, remember the 5th of November. It's a date the Scottish Fire and Rescue Service certainly don't forget, usually being one of their busiest nights of the year. Last night, emergency services received over a 1,000 calls and responded to more than 500 bonfires as the country celebrated Guy Fawkes Night. This has posed the question of why do we celebrate the 5th of November and is the tradition worth celebrating? Diogo Augusto spoke with David Francis, Director of Traditional Arts and Culture Scotland, asking what bonfire night means to Scots. Mr Francis went on to discuss why antisocial behaviour is so widespread on bonfire night. You know, people refer to it as bonfire night probably more than they do uh, Guy Fawkes night. I think it's, it's a case of where the original meaning of an event has, has changed and, and been transformed because, the, you know, the, the, the politics and particularly the religious politics behind the original gunpowder plot uh, are not something that are are particularly relevant to 21st century Scotland. I think the disturbances in public order have got more to do with, I I think, just a a general sort of anti-authoritarianism amongst young people than it has to do with, you know, any connection with with Guy Fawkes at all. The the sort of disorder has been... uh, has been a feature of a bonfire night probably f- for quite a few years now and, and obviously the local authorities in particular have, have been looking to control that by having more designated events. Scottish Secretary Alistair Jack said in an interview for the BBC that the British government will reject a new referendum for Scottish independence for at least the next 25 years. On this we asked Stuart Patterson, political correspondent for the Glasgow Times, what he thinks. It's, it's fair enough for the for the SNP and the Scottish government to to say that they're they're entitled to have another referendum, and but it's equally it's the UK government and the opponents of independence are within their rights to also say that we've that we've had a vote and and uh, it's not the time for another one. I and mean, that's that's politics. It comes down to what the people want to decide. Um, In the US election, vote counts in the key battleground states are reaching their conclusions. Earlier today, Joe Biden pulled ahead of Donald Trump in the traditionally Republican state of Georgia. Here's our our political correspondent, Elaine Catton. With its 20 electoral college votes, Pennsylvania is all Joe Biden needs to secure the presidency. And having pulled ahead by more than 5,000 votes, victory is now tantalisingly close. However, further wins in Georgia and other outstanding states would strengthen his position and that may ultimately be critical as the fight seems set to enter a more protracted phase of recounts and litigation. While recounts are a matter of course and tightly contested results, it's the unsubstantiated allegations of widespread voter fraud being made by Donald Trump and his campaign that is causing the most controversy. It seems that the campaign is intent on pursuing all legal avenues. 
The question is, how long could that legal process take and what harm might it do to the usually ordered transition of power and American democracy in general? Today, Nicola Sturgeon has announced that coronavirus measures in Scotland seem to be working. You can see this in the figures that I'm reporting every day right now. We are seeing an improvement currently, as of this moment, in the position in Scotland. The the rise in cases has levelled off and we hope is now starting to dip. But right now, as of now, we are in a better position. That is down to, in part, the decisions that we've been taking and uh, much uh, more is down to the compliance of people the length and breadth of the country. Despite Scottish hospitals currently having enough capacity to cope with the COVID-19 pandemic, the NHS continues to struggle with routine procedures. This has caused concern for patients with chronic medical conditions like epilepsy. Gianni Mastrangioli reports. Marisa Lazar has just turned 24 years old and was able to celebrate her birthday with her closest ones after months of not seeing them. She was diagnosed with epilepsy back in 2017 while she was living in her homeland, Venezuela. Her medical condition was fairly manageable until COVID-19 hit the world at the beginning of the year. She's convinced her mental health has deteriorated since then. If normal people have been struggling with depression and anxiety due to this COVID-19 situation, a person who's got epilepsy is obviously more likely to be depressed. They know they can't make regular visits to their doctor because it isn't easy now. The global pandemic lockdown has isolated many patients with chronic illnesses from their routine medical care. However, Epilepsy charities are doing their best to bring services back to normal. Ronald Johnson, who is a campaign officer of Epilepsy Scotland, says delays in treatment rely entirely on the patient's location. What what we've found is that it depends on where you're living at the moment in Scotland, which is unfortunate because healthcare is supposed to be sort of universal with equal access um, in this country, but some health boards are coping really well. Some health boards have managed to sort of adapt their services and everything over to virtual, so everything's sort of taking place at a distance. Mary experiences about two seizures per week. Although she's been able to attend phone appointments with nurses and doctors, her prescriptions have taken longer than usual. The way your pharmacy and GP communicate with each other is not as good as you wish it to be. Therefore, I think the system could be improved by allowing prescriptions to be done over the phone and not by post only. But to get this problem sorted, Epilepsy Scotland is constantly having talks with the local government. For us, we feel that the next important step for there to be improvements in clinical care is for us to know how many people have the condition, where it is, and then we can plan better services. And we can also um, conduct more research to understand the condition more. Um, We worked with clinicians in Glasgow to do a funding application to the Scottish Government, and it was successful um, for the first phase of the rollout of the register. So that's going to be rolled out Um, across Glasgow, Tayside and Lanarkshire and that'll be the first sort of pilot of the register and then that'll inform evidence to see if we can get it sort of a national register. Despite COVID-19 blurring her future, Mari's hopeful that people with epilepsy will be heard more as a result of this unprecedented crisis.
And with the sport, here's George O'Neill. Rangers and Celtic both competed in the Europa League last night, with Rangers drawing with Portuguese side Benfica. The Scottish league leaders let a 3-1 lead slip, but remain unbeaten in Group D, with seven points from their first three games. Post-match, Premiership Manager of the Month, Stephen Gerrard, said he's looking to build on his team's good form. It's for Martin really to be getting ahead of ourselves. Uh, we've just entered November. We're in a good place, in real good form. I had a very interesting game last night, haven't said that. Um, but it's back to domestic responsibilities tomorrow. We're Hamilton at home and um, we're looking to get another three points and, and build on our good form. Meanwhile, Celtic's 4-1 defeat against Czech side Sparta Prague leaves them at the bottom of Group H as they remain winless in the competition. Speaking after the game, Neil Lennon said his side simply weren't good enough. Too easy to run by, you know, people, you know, giving it up or going to ground or just losing discipline within the team and within the shape. So it's lazy. You know, we need to change our culture. Both sides return to action in the domestic league this Sunday as Rangers host Hamilton and Celtic travel away to Motherwell. Elsewhere, Hibs travel to Aberdeen tonight, whilst Hearts welcome Inverness to Tynecastle in the Championship tomorrow. 300 fans will be welcomed into Ross County's Global Energy Stadium ahead of their fixture against Livingston tonight, in the hope of returning to some form of normality. The club's chief executive, Stephen Ferguson, is confident that it will be a safe environment for fans. Because we're a Tier 1 area, because of the procedures and the policies that we have in place, and because of the conduct and the, the way our supporters conducted themselves the last time, we're really confident that we can pull a safe event off again and, and continually do that week in, week out from now moving forward. I spoke with the club's support liaison officer, Kenny McLennan, prior to the game to get his thoughts. What does it mean to be able to attend today's game for Ross County fans? Everybody that we've contacted is obviously very excited because it's almost like a sense of normality coming back you know those very small steps the people that have been chosen from the ballot are, are very um, very grateful and um, they're all looking to the match tonight hopefully it spurs the guys on to three points <laughs> i was going to say are you confident that the return of fans will coincide with a win for county i think it'll definitely have an impact because obviously there's been nothing you know other than the odd tune being played or whatever over the tannoy there's been nothing with regards to any kind of sort of atmosphere so, to be honest, I think, I'll make, I, I think that'll have an impact. Here's hoping because hoping, we definitely need it. <laughs> Today marks the first day of the Edinburgh Gaelic Festival, a week-long celebration of Scotland's language and culture. A range of events from poetry, singing, psalms and talks will this year take place online. Here's our culture correspondent, Megan Williams. And how will you manage to run the festival? Um, it's going to be a lot different this year because it's online, obviously. In the past, we usually have between 30 and 40 events. So the way the festival runs is that um, we, we ask other groups to submit events to the festival. So we have different Gaelic events being organized by everyone from large organizations. Like in the past, we've had the National Library of Scotland participating, the National Museum of Scotland, the National Galleries, um, the Parliament, but also smaller local groups. So, for example, um, there's a Gaelic congregation that meets every single week at, at Greyfriars Kirk, and they, they like to advertise their services um, as part of the program. So it gives a chance to kind of uplift and give some more recognition to the smaller groups in the city, the regular groups in the city. What do you perceive the impact to be when the festival is running? 
So the aim of the festival is to celebrate the Gaelic community in Edinburgh, both past and present. The Gaelic community in Edinburgh, although it's a small percentage of the city, it's a large percentage of the Gaelic-speaking population in Scotland, and it also has a long history. Um, there's a, There's been a really consistent um, Gaelic community active in Edinburgh since the 18th century um, that's still going strong today. Um, Gaelic was, of course, spoken in Edinburgh a long time ago before then as well, but today's community kind of dates back to the 18th century. And there's some fascinating history of Gaelic in Edinburgh, and there's a really vibrant community today with a lot going on, but a lot of people aren't necessarily aware of this. So the aim of the festival is to include everyone. So there are events that are completely in Gaelic, and Gaelic,